Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Stacy and welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'm drawn by Chris DePiro, former OHL team executive and NHL amateur scout. Chris is someone I had considered bringing on the podcast for some time, and it was great to hear an in-depth analysis of his career, which included rising through the junior ranks, to the NHL, and even Europe for a period of time. With a vast amount of knowledge and varying experiences in the game, he presents a lot of knowledge throughout this interview and brings it to the table from start to finish. With that, here is Chris DePiro, former OHL team executive and NHL amateur scout. Today we're joined by Chris DePiro, former OHL executive and former NHL amateur scout. Chris, thanks for joining the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, it's exciting to dive into your career and I'm sure others will feel the same and, and be interested in your experiences. So let's start by talking about your upbringing, including uh, where you're from and then talk to your involvement in youth sports. Wow. Um, yeah, you know what? I uh, born and raised in in the in the Toronto area. Uh, moved in and around the the GTA, and uh, you know, certainly uh, as as a kid, just played played every sport. But you know, I mean, obviously, hockey became the the number one uh, sport as as I moved into you got into high school and whatnot. And certainly, uh, you know, the love of the game has always been there and still is to this day. And hence, probably why we're we're talking today. So it's certainly uh, it's a great sport. It's a great you know sports in general are great, but I've always been a huge lover of sports um, in every aspect. And with hockey being at the forefront, um, so yeah, I just kind of like I said, just born raised in the area in Toronto. Went to high school at St. Mike's College School in Toronto, um, and then went on to university. Played hockey at the University of Toronto. Uh, for five seasons and uh, yeah, kind of, uh, and just did a degree in physical and health education with a, with a kind of a, a bent towards coaching and uh, kind of looked into moving on from there in terms of getting into coaching, and, you know, kind of led me into different paths along the way. Yeah. And it's a very unique path. And I was glad to hear about your involvement early on in hockey. And a lot of times we'll hear different sports come into play, uh, everything from gymnastics to Broom ball to basketball, you know, the list goes on and on, but um, it's interesting to hear your path and then playing at the university level. And then, like you said, going into that coaching path. And that first opportunity uh, came at University of Toronto. Just talk about how you found yourself um, on that staff and then how it prepared you to work in sports, you know, moving forward. Yeah, for me, it was, I mean, I guess through my university career playing, 
um, and actually, you know, just being in that environment, I always, I mean, I, and as I said, I, I kind of wanted to get into to coaching. It's, it's something that I've always loved. I've, you know, worked at hockey schools, you know, through my teenager years and, uh, you know, just loved kind of that teaching of the game. And so when I finished, uh, finished playing at, at the U of, U of T and I did a year of hockey and playing in, in Italy for a year and then I came back and, uh, just joined the U of T hockey staff there as, as, as actually the fourth assistant. And it was just a way to push pucks at practice, be in the environment, kind of just get getting kind of gleaning, you know, along the way. And, uh, you know, the coach who coached me during university, my playing days was also it was still the coach. So he gave me the opportunity. And, you know, over my four years as an assistant at U of T, I kind of moved up and, you know, from in, in, in roles and responsibilities and just kind of continued to grow and learn and, you know, ask a lot of questions and, uh, you know, and so Paul Titanic was the gentleman's name. And, uh, you know, as I say, he gave me my start and, and then he let, he went on or he retired from, from coaching and just went into teaching full time. And he became uh, later known as, as uh, he coached the, the Markham Waxers uh, hockey team that had Steven Stamkos and Michael Delzato on it. And, uh, you know, his son, David was a player on that team. So he kind of took that group up uh, from through minor hockey, but Darren Lowe, who, who took over for Paul Titanic uh, was also an assistant coach. So he and I were assistant coach for a couple of years together. And he took over as head coach and became, you know, stayed on for another 20 years. And so I stayed on with Darren for a couple of years there. So um, it was, again, great experience, great learning. As I said, it was just an opportunity to, to cut my teeth into coaching. Yeah. It's always a key to get a great opportunity early on because that initial couple of years in coaching is you can be, you're so impressionable and you want to learn the right, um, you know, skill sets early on, but it sounded like university of Toronto was a great place to learn. And as you said, having the playing career and now being able to apply in coaching uh, with great mentors there and uh, fellow coaches, it's a great opportunity for you. Uh, you know, moving a little bit forward, uh, you would go in as a head coach with the Brampton Capitals and then later on with St. Michael's Buzzards. Uh, just talk about the Capitals first and then talk about the entire experience uh, with the Buzzards and coaching at that level. Well, as, as, it, what's interesting is, I mean, I, I left U of T to take an assistant coaching job with the St. Michael's Buzzard. And it just so happened um, I, 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 that year, I was, I was also then, I applied to Teachers College and ended up getting into Teachers College. But what happened was then... The, uh, in the summer of, of that, that year, the, uh, the buzzers basically were put on a hiatus because the, at that point in time, the OHL team, uh, came back to St. Mike's and became known as the St. Michael's major. So they, I guess at that time, the school kind of made it, you know, made the decision to put the, the junior eight team on a hiatus. So what happened was I'd gone to teacher's college, but I hadn't been coaching anywhere because the U of T job that I had had previously was given to somebody else, which is rightfully so. So, um, right around November of that year, uh, an opportunity to become an assistant coach with the Mississauga Chargers Junior 18 came up uh, while I was in Teachers College and I was just newly married. And, you know, um, at that point in time, you know, my wife kind of, you know, she knew my love of the game, love of coaching. And she just, you know, she had understood who I was and what I was all about. She said, you, you know, it'd be a great opportunity just to get back into it and doing it. So I took that opportunity. And again, you know, I, I like saying that because for me, I became, again, the second assistant on the junior A club, um, not knowing not knowing anybody on the staff. It was just through a contact that uh, I had heard that this position was open, but it was great to get into that role. And, and uh, but I, I, I say it only because it was something that um, 
it gave me more experience. I didn't look on it as a, as a, as like a step down or whatever. It was just an opportunity to gain more experience, to meet new people in the game and, and, you know, learn a different aspect of it. So it was through that experience, to be honest with you, Ryan, that I was able to then to make the contacts to become, you know, the Brampton Capitals job came up the next summer. Um, and to be honest with you, um, I called the coat, uh, the owner, sorry, um, virtually every day just to like hounded them because, you know, imploring them that I wanted this job. And it took basically the summer and probably the week before training camp, I got the job. He offered me the job, you know, the week before training camp. And so it was just like my first head coaching job. And, and I actually just then got hired as my first teaching job. Um, so all these things came together for me at, at kind of a, you know, at, at the right moment. Um, but it was like these first that came up, like my first teaching job, my first head coaching job. And uh, what a great experience you're throwing in the, you're basically you're jumping in the deep end, you know, and, and you're not, uh, you know, you're never ready, re never really ready for an opportunity, but you know, there's an old saying, you know, if somebody offers you a, a seat on a rocket ship, you don't ask which one you just go. And uh, you know, and that, that's the advice I took back then was just, I was going to go and, and, uh, jumped into the job and called a couple buddies who I knew were also coaches and that, you know, wanted to be coaches. And, you know, I said, you know, do you want to jump on board with me and let's, you know, be my assistant coaches. And we had a great run. Um, it was, it was, we had a blast cause we had a, we were in a division with, uh, uh, you know, at that time, uh, Milton, uh, who's coached by that at that time by Marty Williamson, who who went on to coach Barry Colts and, and the Niagara Niagara Ice Dogs. Um, Milton had just come off the previous year going to the Royal Bank Cup, so they had this powerhouse team and they were returning all these guys. And then the second kind of team that was in our division that was another rival was the Bramley Blues that had Michael Camilleri and you know some really good players and and Lindsey Hofford was their coach. Um, it was we had like an unbelievable, you know, kind of this rivalry. And it was funny because the three teams, Milton finished first, Bramley finished a point behind them. And then we finished a point behind Bramley. So it was just kind of like one, two, three in the league, but we're all in the same division. We just had this tremendous rivalry. And it was ironic as Bramley ended up winning the league championship that year and going off to the Royal Bank Cup themselves. Um, so coming out of that kind of situation, um, I got a call in the spring and it was the spring of, 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 uh, of 99, um, where St. Mike's, um, so I had this, like I said, I'd gone to high school there. Um, St. Mike's was going to bring back the St. Mike's buzzers junior a program. This is now off after being on a hiatus for two years, but they also then were opening up their grade seven, um, program in the school. So I would, I had taught grade seven, you know, as, as a teacher. So it's just, they had an opportunity for me to go into teach grade seven in this newly created program, seven and eight, um, and then, you know, head up their, their junior A program, the buzzers. So um, I jumped at it because it was like, again, this is kind of, like I grew up in the St. Mike's uh, hockey system. And uh, so for me, it was, it was, uh, it was a no brainer. So I was able to do that. Yeah. I think that's a pretty whirlwind couple of years there, but like you said, taking every opportunity and just running with it and, and not turning it down and, and viewing every, a situation that came your way as another opportunity to learn and when it worked out for your teaching career as well that can only help so I, I think that's a great opportunity and a great lesson to learn there and uh, the constant hounding with the calls to that position in Brampton I think is also another key uh, point that should be made uh, in your career path there so a number of great takeaways yeah you know what for me it was just it 
here's the way I look at it. If, I mean, you look back on it and you say, okay, wow, that was, you know, pretty crazy that I did that. But it's like, I guess when you really want something, you just go for it and you do it. And I think that's the takeaway in terms of that. Um, you know, and I, th I just think when things are natural and you feel good about what you, what you can bring to the table, you, you put yourself out there regardless of, of the situation. And uh, I mean, that's the way I, I, I approach that. And, uh, you know, and then, like I said, the opportunity to go back to St. Mike's was, uh, was just, again, it was like a godsend. And, uh, you know, we kind of, you know, basically started from scratch um, at, at St. Mike's and, uh, you know, had a great seven year run there um, and, and uh, had a lot of fun, a lot of work was putting in to, to, to jumpstart the program. And, uh, you know, again, you, when you believe in something, you, you put the time, you put the effort, you put the work in and, uh, and all of a sudden, you, you know, you, you know, you may not see the fruits of your labor till down the line. And that's, uh, you know, for me, I think that was the, the best part about it. You know, it was, I, 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 I say this now, I can say it kind of, and I don't say it in a boastful way, but I, when I was being interviewed for the job with the buzzers, they kind of said, okay, what would be your, your idea here and your plan? I said, you know, I said, by year three, I want to be able to compete at the league, you know, at the league level, league high level. And then by year five, I want to, I want to be, you know, winning championships. And that, that's kind of the mindset I want to have. And, and um, I kind of went at it from a standpoint, knowing, you know, having a strong feeling that I'm going to be in that job for that long to be able to carry this through. Um, and it was funny because by year three, um, we lost in the conference final um, in game seven of double overtime. So we were kind of getting to that threshold, but it got to a point where by year five, we ended up making it to the league final and uh, meeting the Aurora Tigers coached by Marty Williamson once again. And Marty Williamson's Aurora Tigers team had 18, 20 year olds on this team. And we at St. Mike's had the youngest team in the country. Um, yes, we had some stars and, and some young stars like Andrew Cogliano currently, you know, playing for the Dallas uh, Stars. Uh, we had a lot of guys going off to, you know, schools at this point in time and scholarships because that was kind of our program. We got to build it to that to that level, which is another was another gold mine. But, you know, that team, that, uh, that Aurora team, they'd only lost two games in the regular season. And then when they got to the finals, um, we took them to six games. And so they lost, they only lost two other games and that was to us in the playoffs. And uh, um, I was so proud of our guys. And, you know, here we were, we competed for the league championship. We took this team that ended up winning the Royal Bank, uh, Royal Bank Cup, at, you know, you know, Canadian Junior A Supremacy. Uh, but we took them to six games as, 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 a, as a team that, as I said, we were the youngest in the country. And, uh, you know, that then springboarded us in, in the next year, the next two years, we won the league championship. So for three years in a row, we went to the league championship. And we were Ontario champs for for two years, so it was pretty. It was pretty happy about that. But it just it, the vision was cast, you know, in the years before that. So it was just kind of part of, you know, I'm big on culture building. I'm big on, uh, you know, kind of creating an environment of and and having high expectations and, you know, having sort of everybody within the staff and you know, um, being able to kind of grow into those expectations. And I think that's that's how you. I think you can build championship cultures. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And that early success uh, or, or even lack of success in a, in a plan like that it has to be determined from day one and everybody has to buy into it you know year one might be rough year two might be even rougher but by year three year four you'll see progression and it was great to hear that and unfortunately you ran into marty again who uh many people will hear his name and he's actually back with the barry colts now but uh you know another great hockey mind and things like that but 
um, for you, you guys. Mar were Marty's a good friend. We, we yeah. mean like through, through those times we, we forged a pretty good friendship and then obviously then coaching against each other. We've always stayed in contact. He's, he's a good person, good man, and obviously a good hockey guy. So yeah, I echo those comments for sure. Yeah. And you know, you just touched on the OHL uh, transition and that would be the next stop in your career. You moved into Oshawa with the generals. Uh, just talk about how you uh, made that transition and then talk about your entire experience in Oshawa and, you know, the difference in working at the OHL level. Yeah, you know what, it, right around, I'd say, like, leading into that year I was referring to in terms of losing to the Aurora Tigers in the finals, um, I mean, I'd always in the back of my mind thought, okay, here I was, I was having a, a full-time teacher, a full-time junior A coach, and you, you kind of, I always thought, wouldn't it be nice to just, you know, you start putting in your head about wanting to do this full-time, the coaching piece. So, the opportunity presented itself um, after the, you know, our second league championship at St. Mike's to, to go to Oshawa, you know, in an assistant capacity, assistant coach and assistant GM capacity. And Brad Selwood was the, was the head coach and GM at the time. And uh, so he, he was, uh, he offered the opportunity for me and it was, it was great because I, again, I'd coached against Brad at the tier two junior A level and now he was in Oshawa. So he provided that opportunity for me. And um, you know, it was just one of those things. And, you know, they had, they had, great you know John Tavares was just come you know it's just the 16 year old this at this point in time and they had just drafted Michael Delzato um and and Brad had made some really good trades he traded for Cal Clutterbuck um and then also acquired uh, Brett McLean and, and Eric Regan from Erie so he just this there was this group you know that he was growing and really developing and uh you know so we had we had some pretty good players and and uh, so it was an opportunity to work with some some good young players so um, I took the chance and, you know, I had that opportunity and uh, loved every minute of it. Um, and then uh, midway, I'm actually almost three quarters of the way through my second year um, in that role. Um, uh, Brad decided to take a step back and was, you know, give me the opportunity to become the head coach. Um, so again, you're offered a seat on a rocket ship, you take it. And uh, so, you know, here I'm in this, you know, environment and we actually went to the conference finals that year. Um, and, it was, the, it was a year that Kitchener was hosting the Memorial Cup and uh, Kitchener had won the Western Conference. So, you know, for us going against Belleville, who was a divisional rival, you know, we were kind of sitting there and, uh, you know, if you, you beat Belleville, you get, you, you get an automatic bid and, you know, opportunity to play in the Memorial Cup. So here, I, you know, you, get, you just kind of go. And uh, anyways, they beat us. They beat us uh, quite handily in five games. And, uh, you know, certainly they went on to the Memorial Cup and then Kitchener lost to Spokane in, in the finals that year. Um, so at the end of that year, um, there's an ownership change. And, uh, so I mean, I, to be honest with you, I was, at, I was at a crossroads cause I had a two year leave of absence from my teaching position at St. Mike's. So I could have gone back to, to teach and kind of stay in the comfort zone of going back and coaching back at the tier two level. And, um, but I didn't know with ownership as to, you know, new ownership coming in, I wasn't sure as to how that was going to play out. And, uh, Right around the end of June, yeah, end of June, beginning of July, it was just like I had this opportunity. They they provided me with. Uh, they said we'd like you to take the helm and kind of be the coach and GM. And uh, so I was like, okay, again, now you're you're kind of on a different rocket ship. So you got to be able to take that opportunity. So I, I I I jumped at it and you know had another four years in the role. Um, you know, and certainly uh, it was an opportunity or. You know, I, I, in my last year, I had, uh, you know, I was, uh, I had taken a step back from the coaching because there's some changes that needed to be made at that point. Um, 
but really it was a great, great six years, to be honest with you. I just uh, learned a lot, met a lot of great people. Um, been, you know, had the opportunity to interact and coach with, uh, with some good people, but also coach great players. Um, and the OHL is just an outstanding league, as you know, um, it's, it's just one of those places where, you know, it's a great development league for, for a lot of, not just the players, coaches, but everybody. Right. Um, and the, the professional environment was outstanding. So I had a great time. Uh, you know, the organization was great. The city of Oshawa was great. Um, and the league was great. So I, I, it was, it was a blast along the way. I, I had an opportunity to be an assistant coach with the, you know, Canada's under 18 team. Um, you know, Bob Bugner was our head coach and, uh, you know, and it was just all these experiences came into play that were, were I, I, I loved, you know, and um, had, a, had a phenomenal time and uh, were able to put some, you know, learn some some things and kind of put, put some of my skills and some of the things I, I talked about in terms of culture building in play. And I think some of the some of the the moves that were made as a general manager, I think that I'd like to think um, maybe. Uh, in, in, in a roundabout way, I'd like to think some of the moves that I was able to put put in place and, and then stockpile some draft picks that were able to be used for that 2015 Memorial Cup team that they put together. And, uh, you know, I, as I said, I like to think that uh, some of I, I had a small part to play in that. Yeah, well, I mean, anytime that a culture is built with a team, um, you know, there's coaches changes at all levels, but uh, there's still lingering effects and spot falling draft picks and things like that definitely play a part, but it was great to hear your experience and I'll echo the comments that the OHL really is a great league. And uh, we've had a number of guests here on the podcast and others that I know uh, through working and just other relationships. Uh, everybody wants to help everyone succeed, whether it's the players, coaches, management, scouts, uh, you name it. So a uh, great place to work. And I uh, was definitely interested in hearing your experience with Oshawa. Um, you touched briefly on the Canada U18s uh, while talking about Oshawa. Just walk us through that experience and, and kind of your involvement with Hockey Canada and, and how it went working with those players. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a phenomenal experience. Um, I mean, the, the group that we had was the 92 age birth guys. So it's, it's Tyler Sagan, it's Jeff Skinner, it's uh, Sean Couturier, it's uh, Eric Goodbranson. You know I mean, like, it's just Louis Domingue and that. Like, I mean, there, we, had, we had a pretty pretty packed in Tyler Toffoli um you know so we had, you know it was just it was a, it was a pretty good group um we won the gold medal um but it was just hockey Canada is first class first rate they treated us great they treat the players great they the the thing is the, the commitment to excellence is is you talk about culture building you mean I as I said I, I've always loved doing that stuff but then when you go into hockey Canada and you're immersed in the in the culture of, of what they do there's a, there's a reason why, you know, um, we win gold medals on Olympics and world juniors and under 18s. It's like, it starts from the top and it starts from the, the culture that they build. Um, and the, the best thing I can tell you is that the details are taken care of. No stone is left unturned. Um, and that, you know, that permeates everybody. So now all of a sudden as a coach or the equipment manager or the uh, video coach or whomever we all felt that we needed to make sure that we were as detailed and left no stone unturned for the jobs that we did and and I just think it's it, it just it, it permeated everything they did and uh, I mean I loved it loved my experience there and it was great it was great yeah a number of guests who have came on before with different ties whether it be U18s or even World Juniors things like that they always talk about how the details and everything are, are very much looked at and covered and it, it really helps one, prepare you to go in with the same mindset that you have to do everything possible to make things right and make things work. And at the same time, you don't have to worry about the little details that can 
uh, you know, change your focus and things like that. So um, was definitely interesting hearing the experience and was expecting that type of answer and just talking to the, the high level of Hockey Canada. Um, you know, briefly after Oshawa, uh, you would go to St. Michael's College. Just talk about that role as head coach and director of administration and just, uh, you know, the difference in coaching at that level after coming just out of the OHL. Well, there's a, I mean, there's certain things. Uh, I was able to go back to St. Mike's and, 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 uh, and, and resume my teaching career. Um, and then they were, uh, at that point in time, they were creating a prep school program. And um, so for me, it was, it was uh, part of, you know, my decision-making process in terms of, you know, take, you know, not pursuing further OHL opportunities or other, other opportunities. It was just, I wanted to kind of scale back and, and just kind of have some, some time for family. You know, at that time, you know, certainly, you know, wife, two kids, that kind of stuff. And so just wanted to be able to have that opportunity to spend time, a little bit more time with the family. Um, so the idea that the, you know, I would, to be able to create and start this prep school program was, was, was fantastic for me and being able to, um, you know, kind of utilize some of the experience that I had and, and just kind of bring that to, to a different caliber of player and different caliber of, of, of a team at the school. So I was able to do that. And, um, and then, you know, within a couple of years of that, then I became director of athletics. And so then I scaled back from the coaching because that, that's a pretty all encompassing position. But along the way, I was, was like, I was spreading myself crazy here because I was also scouting part-time with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So you kind of within this window of 2012 to 2016, I had these, kind of myriad of jobs and positions and, and, uh, and here I was, I wanted to spend time with my family and then, but yet I'm doing all these different things. So it's just, you know, it's kind of an interesting <laughs> period of time, but certainly uh, experientially it was, it was again, it was, you, you put that into your, your experience hat and you kind of, you kind of roll with it and you kind of, you're able to make it happen. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, you know, you, you start putting into prep school hockey and, you know, you start looking at that level of, of the game in terms of the growth of, of prep school hockey has been, out of, you know, it's been out of the, out of this world in the last, you know, eight, nine years. And, uh, you know, I think about like a program, like we would play St. Andrews college and St. Andrews college has had players drafted the NHL out of their prep school program. So, you know, you put that into, into, into the equation is pretty, pretty special to, to kind of understand that, you know, you're dealing with some pretty high level hockey. Um, and then, like I said, then you're, the scouting piece was a, another, you know, their opportunity to glean from a pretty, you know, championship culture, the Pittsburgh Penguins and, uh, you know, bring that to other aspects of, of life and, you know, both personally and then professionally was, uh, was tremendous. So. Yeah. It's tremendous to hear that, uh, that opportunity was there immediately. And, um, you know, while you said you're looking for time to spend time with family and things like that, the scouting opportunity was obviously presented to you. Uh, just talk about how you found yourself, uh, you know, working with the Pittsburgh Penguins, a pretty, uh, elite group and uh, with some pretty good players on the roster at the time and uh, just talk about life as a, a part-time amateur scout. You know what it was uh, like anything in this game or like anything in this world really it's about relationships and uh, so um, as so let, if we go back to the the spring of 2012 I had left the Oshawa Generals was knowing that I was going to go to St. Mike's um, the head scout of Pittsburgh at the time was a gentleman by the name of Jay Heinbuck and Jay and I had come into contact with each other um, back when he was an assistant coach with St. Lawrence University when he was recruiting players when I coached the St. Michael's Buzzers. But Jay and I had always forged a pretty good relationship and, you know, I'd say friendship. So in that spring, he was talking, he, would, he was calling me a lot about um, Scott Lawton, who was a, a player who was eligible for that draft in 2012 and uh, um, who would obviously play for us in Oshawa. And um, so we were talking a lot about that. And 
then I got a call from Jay, you know, in the middle of June, just out of the blue and asking, you know, would I be interested in, in uh, coming in for an interview as, as a part-time scout? And it was just kind of like out of the blue and kind of said, sure. So then, you know, went for an interview and went for a secondary interview and, and then was offered an opportunity because there was, you know, um, to, I was given this opportunity to become a part-time scout. So it was just kind of one of those things, again, you, you forge relationships with people and then, you know, through the years, you know, you just, you know, as long as, I mean, like people always talk about networking, whatever, I, I don't buy, I don't believe in that because I just think networking is about, you know, what you can get out of it. But relationships are how you can be mutually beneficial and helping people out. And if you help people out and you never know when it's going to come back to you. And, you know, I, I, when I was, as I said, when I was forging a relationship with Jay 10 years prior, it was never with the intent that this was going to come into play. And here, here we were 10 years after in 2012, I, you know, working together. So, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. The game, the game kind of, rewards that stuff and uh you know that that's the best thing i can say in terms of that and i had four great years with the penguins and for me it culminated in, in the stanley cup in 2016 um and it got to a point you I mean i wasn't i i stepped back because i wasn't able to stay with the team in 2017 when they when they won the second day second cup in a row um just my role as a as director of athletics at that time was kind of getting a pretty pretty busy at st mike's so i'd uh, taken a step back and uh you know um and that was it. But I had four, again, four great years uh, with an organization that is really about excellence. And, and that's, that's what I loved about it, you know, and, you know, it's just, as I said, you talk about championship, you know, culture and excellence, you, you know, they've, they've won five Stanley cups in 30 years, right. It's, it's for a reason. It's for a reason. Yeah. I think the Pittsburgh Penguins, like we said before, are a team that many people follow. And uh, I mentioned a couple of times on the podcast, one of the guys in their scouting department, uh, Derek Clancy is from, uh, my hometown so I've always followed from afar so it's just uh interesting to hear your perspective there and what, as what well, a good man he is he's a good yeah. guy he's a he, he and I got along really really well he's a, he's a good man yeah for sure and uh, definitely someone I admire from, uh, from a scouting perspective but uh really good to hear about that experience with you and like you said with that connection that you made uh you know a while back never in a million years did you expect it to mean you'd end up scouting for the Pittsburgh Penguins but uh, it was a genuine relationship and it kind of just goes to show that that's how, uh, you know, some of the best opportunities come about in hockey and in life in general, just through those genuine relationships, just something to, uh, you know, connect on different levels. Without question. And that's, that's, the, that's the best way to articulate it. it. It truly is. And that's why I'm saying like, if you, if you enjoy people, you mean you, you meet people, you talk to people and, and you never know where those things go. And, and, you know, if you want to be able to help people, I just, I really believe um, it, it comes back to you. So. Yeah. Yeah. So the next opportunity is a very interesting one. In 2018, you would go to Switzerland <laughs> to uh, coach in Europe. Uh, talk about how, you know, how you made that jump and, and where that opportunity presented itself. And then uh, what was life like coaching uh, in a European league after, you know, uh, not really having that experience? Yeah. You know what, again, um, came out of the blue um, and it was, it was one of those things where, um, I should preface this because the, the goalie coach that was with Lou, this is in, in uh, hockey club Lugano in Lugano, Switzerland, the goalie coach in Lugano was our goalie coach in Oshawa, you know, when I was coaching the Oshawa generals. And uh, so his name is Michael Lawrence. Um, and so Michael had been over there and the head coach of the team in Lugano, the pro team was as a guy, was a guy by the name of Greg Ireland and Greg, I'd known, you know, um, through the, we had coached against each other in the OHL. 
he was in Owen Sound, but I'd known Greg prior to that because he had coached at the junior A level and, you know, we had mutual friends and we'd done, we'd done some speaking together at, at different coaching symposiums. And so we crossed paths, trade kind of stories and trade ideas. And, you, you know, we kind of thought a lot, a lot of alike and just had, had the same sort of you know, philosophy with things. So, um, so kind of put that into perspective, you know, Mike Lawrence and I had always stayed in contact. Um, and then, uh, so in the spring of 2018, uh, Again, I get a call out of the blue from from Greg Ireland, and uh, you know, in asking if I'd be interested in in uh, interviewing for the junior job in Lugano because they were looking for they were going to make a change, and um, would I be interested in looking you know to coach junior again, but doing it in Switzerland? I was like, wow, okay, that was kind of something I'd never even thought of, uh, never crossed my mind, but certainly, you know, I guess uh, you know it was something that you know they were throwing my name around I thought, okay, let's give me a call. So I said, sure, I'm open. Let's, let's have the discussion. So um, I talked to the general manager and uh, we had some, you know, kind of a nice little discussion over the phone. And then he calls me a couple of days later and wanted to fly my wife and I out to Switzerland for, for a few days to do an in-face interview. And I was like, okay, All right. Switzerland's a nice place, you know? So it was kind of one of those things where we, my wife and I said, you know, let's, let's go see this thing. So we, we, we did. And uh, so then, you know, kind of had, before we left, they made an offer. Um, so we said, you know, my wife and I talked about it on the way back. So we kind of came home and I was like, okay, well, this, this is, this is, you know, it's obviously real in terms of this happening. And uh, um, so we had, had, you know, kind of family discussion and uh, kind of looked at it and I was able to, to secure a, a leave of absence from, from St. Mike's again um, at this point in time. And uh, which was kind of risky again to, to kind of do this, you know, um, to do this again. Um, so said, okay, we accepted the offer and kind of, um, we're, you know, I was going to coach the junior team in Lugano. And then all of a sudden in, in July, um, I got a call from the GM saying, listen, um, we're having trouble getting your license, your, your working visa, sorry, to, to come over to coach a junior because the, the government there felt that, you know, why bring a Canadian over, excuse me, when, when there's enough able-bodied Swiss coaches to do so. So we're going to have to figure something out. So I said, okay, well, what does that mean? So they, he said, how do you feel if you were to be, you know, wanting to or, uh, be a, a, an assistant coach with the pro team with Greg Ireland? And I said, sure. I would love that. You know, like, it just be phenomenal, right? Just so. Long story short, got an opportunity to go over there. Instead of coaching the junior team, I became an assistant coach with the pro team. Um, and uh, you know, my wife and at that time my son was who was in grade ten at the time. They they, you know, he was able to go to the international school there. My daughter was going to university here in Canada. So the timing of everything, I you know, was great. Um, and so. Um, it was just a great experience. What, like, what a great experience to be able to coach uh, in in the Swiss Pro League um, in one of the most beautiful countries in the world in an unbelievable city, right? It was just like, a, you know, Lugano is just this picturesque, that kind of just unbelievable city close to Italy. It's just a lot, of, a lot of great cultural things. But, you know, on a professional level, from a coaching perspective, it was fantastic. Um, you know, I'd never coached pro before. Um, so that was a great experience. And, uh, what it did was it, it reinvigorated the coaching juices in me, um, in terms of like real at the core of who I am, I believe is, is, is a coach. 
Um, as much as I've done the scouting and I've done management and I, I really enjoy the day-to-day, -day, you know, machinations of, of working with players on the ice and uh, doing video and, you know, working with them in development and, you know, and kind of just the mindset and all those things that go into coaching. So this really reinvigorated me, but um, unfortunately, like happens in pro hockey, you know, we, we got beat out in the first round. So they, 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 the ownership decided to make a clean sweep and change everybody, the GM on the, on down. And uh, so got let go. And uh, so, you I mean, I signed a two year contract, but all of a sudden you're done after one year. And uh, so that was last year we had, a, we worked the buyout of that second year of the contract, which, you know, obviously it does happen. So, they, you know, so they can be clean, we can be clean. Um, and then, um, I had an opportunity because I had a two-year leave of absence from St. Mike's. Um, so I had, a, had an opportunity to go back um, in a different role, not as director of athletics, but got into um, as an associate director of admissions. Um, so um, I, I took the opportunity to go back and, and, and have that security there. And, um, you know, so that's where we are today. Yeah, uh, whirlwind experience. Anytime yeah. that we've had people talk about their European experiences, a lot of times it is that first professional jobs uh, coming from junior. But um, like you said, you know, a beautiful place, uh, Switzerland. Everybody that I've ever known to go there has said nothing but good things. And it's almost uh, too good to be true sometimes, the scenery and things like that. But, uh, you know, being able to get back into hockey, like you mentioned, uh, your love for coaching and everything just was brought up again. And, it sounds like your whole family had a great experience going over there and uh, you know, those opportunities don't always come about. So the fact that you guys were able to run with it and get everything straightened out and go there, um, you know, regardless of the results with the team, uh, I'm sure you don't have any regrets with that. You know what? No, I don't. And, and that's the one thing I can tell you, I mean, looking back again in my 25 plus years, it's just to me, I, I don't like regrets. I don't believe in regrets. I just think we all make decisions for the reasons we make them at the time we make them. And uh, to look back and say, I regret something, it would be kind of a disservice to the decision that you made in the first place. So that's the way I approach it. Um, I'm happy with, with, with the decisions. I'm happy with the experiences. Like, and you know, that experience was, wow, it was, it was life-changing. So it was just, it was, so yeah, I mean, I, I really believe in that. Not, and I don't mean to get too philosophical with you on that, but I really believe in that. I've always believed in that because you know, when you make a decision, it's always with the best intentions at heart. And so you, you know, your intentions are to make that thing succeed. So just because the result wasn't there, doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't a success. It just means that it's not ready. You know, it's not for you. So it's just, you move on to the next uh, decision that you need to make. So um, yeah, my experiences have been great. I, the game has, has provided me with some phenomenal experiences and uh, you know, so much so I know we, we kind of, you, you alluded to it earlier, but we didn't really touch, but I did, you know, I've even coached some minor hockey, you know, yeah. and, and, and part of that is because I, my son was playing at the time and it was just a great opportunity again to help be on the ice, help develop, help mindset, you know, with mindset with players and, and parents and, you know, offer some of my experiences as, as an opportunity, for example. And uh, that's what I love about it because there's, you know, it's just an opportunity to give back, teach, coach, you know, mentor that those things, I, I, those are my passions. Those are my passions. Yeah. And it's great uh, to talk about the, the triple A experience and maybe you can touch on Richmond Hill uh, just a little bit in your recent experience there and, and kind of coaching at that level. And then from that, as you said, there's been many great experiences, maybe just talk about one or two of your favorite experiences, uh, you know, in your hockey career so far. Well, you know what? Um, 
I mean, coaching, coaching minor hockey, I mean, what was nice is the, the group that I was coaching, um, a lot, a few of those players just recently got drafted in the OHL. Um, so, you know, I had one of my player, one of the, one of the players that played on the team, um, you know, was a second round pick of the London Knights. Um, you know, he's, he's going, you know, hopefully the season gets going. I mean, like, so I, I just to see his excitement and his, his kind of evolution and growth from, you know, in the, in, in the last four or five years has been phenomenal. And other players going to the Windsor Spitfires and other defensemen. And, you know, so the, these things, I like, I just love seeing their excitement because it's, you know, they're going in, you know, their journey. So for me, again, I, I love the, having a piece and uh, of that journey for them and helping them out and, uh, you know, guiding and mentoring um, experiences for me. Um, I mean, bringing my son and watching my son play in the Quebec Wee tournament. That, that was, that, I mean, like, He's 17 now, but when he, you know, he still talks about it as one of the greatest experiences of his life. So, I mean, you know, I mean, there's a lot of hockey people, players, coaches, parents talk about that experience as being phenomenal. And I had an, I had that experience as a player when I was a kid, and uh, have you know, had my son have the same experience was, fun, you know, to, you can we can kind of have that that shared experience, you know, many years apart, mind you, but it, it certainly was something that uh, um, I hold dear. Um, to be honest with you, it was just that would be kind of the big thing for me. Yeah, a lot of times when I ask that question, and I don't always ask it, but I tie it in every now and then. Uh, a lot of people will say championships or or experiences as a coach, making to the finals or something like that. But I always love hearing the the family ties and whether it's uh, you know just going on the ice with their kid or or something like that, sharing that connection. Uh, you know, it really brings hockey full circle in that way. Yeah, you know what? Because the game, the, as we said, we've been talking about, the game is such a great game, and and. You know, there's so many great stories of 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 how people get touched by you know, by by different people, and and, and like I just think it's it's phenomenal. So I I just I like I just I it's a it's a great game. It's a there's so many great people in the game. So I just think there's so many stories, experiences that people have that I'm sure you you get to hear about uh, you know through the podcast and uh, you know so good for you to be able to can do this and kind of have people tell their stories. So thank you. Yeah, no worries. And, uh, you know, like I said, pleasure's all mine. I'm getting to hear these stories. It's a lot of fun for me. Uh, and we learn a lot. So moving forward a little bit here, uh, you've had some experience or a lot of experience in North America and also had that opportunity in Europe. Uh, from your experience, uh, one, is the difference in, you know, the hockey cultures and things like that change your approach to coaching the game? And then maybe just talk about the difference in coaching at, say, a professional level as opposed to, you know, minor hockey, like what's the difference there? Well, I'll, I'll, obviously the first question being the cultural differences. I mean, certainly the cultural differences in the game really aren't born out of the game itself. It's born out of the actual cultural differences themselves, you know, um, upbringing, those kinds of things that, that I, that I've seen exist. Um, people are people, you know, like, you know, you I mean like, it's just that the, the, human nature is human nature. So, from the ability to deal with people really, I think it's just, it becomes from a coaching perspective or a leadership perspective, it becomes, you know, how, how do you, you know, what's your style on a personal level to, you know, to do that. Now you got to reach, you know, you reach a Swiss player differently than you reach a Canadian player because of the, 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 the upbringing and, 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 the, and the, you know, the culture that they were kind of raised in, in the game. Um, you mean the style in terms of how they play over there versus here is, is it is different. Um, I think we're seeing a little bit of, of the European you know, style come obviously here to North America, but also vice versa, you know, and, and, and just even last night, the interview with Roman Yossi after, you know, that, that Ron McLean did, 
um, you know, it was kind of, or David Amber, one of the two did that, did it last night in terms of him winning the, the, the Norris, you know, and him talking about his favorite player growing up was Joe Sackick, you know, and, and so I think about that and like, and then he transitioned from being a forward to a defenseman at 14. But you, know, you look at Swiss hockey and, and the growth of Swiss hockey um, and then the growth of German hockey, they potentially could have three first round picks this year. So the hockey, the game is growing, obviously. Um, the style of, of game is growing everywhere. Um, I just think skating, shooting, and passing are still the basic tenets of the game. Um, and I did a talk at a coaching symposium 13 years ago on that very thing because we were at 13 years ago we were coming out of the, the the hockey summits where we you know the rules were changing and all that kind of thing. But really the game is skating, shooting, passing. And you know I, I just think to me those are the basic tenets regardless of whether you're in Russia. Germany, you know, China today, you know, the growth of the game in China to, to, to Canada, to, you know, to the U S and whatnot. So I just think, I mean, that's the beauty of it. It's just, you know, you can put different spins on it or, you know, bent on it. And then that, that's what makes coaching, you know, so exciting. Um, yeah. That, so that to me is where, where I, I think it is the biggest thing, which then dovetails to your second question about the differences. You know, I th- again, I, I go back to it. Human nature is human nature. When you're dealing minor hockey, you're dealing with just the, a younger human, you know, being able to understand teenagers and uh, understand, you know, what they're going through versus pros, you know, where it's their job to do with, you know, what they're doing. So it's a different communication style, obviously, and being able to, you know, you're communicating to men and to adults and to pros and uh, versus teenagers. So um, you have to do that a little bit differently, but conceptually you're still teaching the same kinds of things, but in a different way. Yeah. A pretty packed question there, but a uh, really great way of breaking it down. Like you said, the, the North American style versus the European style, what we usually hear in, in media and things like that, uh, really are becoming infused and intertwined because of the you know, players like Roman Yossi, who's the top NHL defenseman this year, and having a Swiss background you know, 20, 30 years ago, we probably wouldn't think about that. But you know, today, that's uh, pretty normal, and Leon Draisaitl win the Hart Trophy from Germany. So uh, things like that are, are just becoming common, and it um, has an influence on that ice play and then the coaching. And uh, I'm glad you're able to then tie it into the minor hockey. Like you said, you just, it's the same kind of style and same type of approach. It's just maybe a different way of going about communication and, um, you know, different teaching points where they're at different stages in their career, but a lot of information there and, and very useful information. Yeah. So in terms of reflection and looking back on your career, uh, first of all, resources are things that people uh, learn from. You talk about doing presentations and things like that. Uh, for you personally, what are some of your favorite resources, whether they're books, articles, uh, webinars, et cetera, that you look to for new ideas or have referenced in, in the past? Well, you know, most recently, you know, when the pandemic hit, you know, the NHL Coaching Association put together all those webinars. I thought that was fantastic. And you I mean, certainly those things, um, I watched those things like and took a lot of notes and it was fantastic to, to glean again information from, from various coaches, uh, you know, you know, through the webinar uh, platform, I guess. Um, but over the years, it's always been, you know, for me, it's about reading. It's about talking to coaches. It's about trading ideas. It's about, you know, sitting down and, you know, uh, you know, some masterminding among, you know, amongst uh, other coaches and, and managers as well, just because again, it, you know, building a team, building a culture, you know, kind of involves a lot of people, but um, I'm, I'm a big reader. I'm a big reader of leadership. I'm a big reader of biographies and not necessarily just coaching or hockey or sports people, but just in, in life in general, um, you know, 
to me, there's, there's always principles that you can, you can pull and nuggets that you can, you can take from each of these things and apply it to, you know, personalize it for your experience, you know? And I think that's the, that's the beauty of it. I just think um, I, I, I want to continue to learn, you know, I'm certainly not done learning. I don't know it all. Um, I don't profess to know it all. And I'm always willing to, to ask questions and learn. And I think that's the best way to approach it. And uh, you, know, you talk about resources, there's so many out there now with technology um, I think, which is great, which I think, you know, people are posting YouTube stuff and, you know, doing these webinars and doing podcasts and whatnot. I mean, it's fantastic. There's so much to learn. Yeah. And if you want to learn, it's always there for you. And uh, the NHL ones that you were talking about, first of all, those were phenomenal. I, I was able to watch them as well. And for someone like me, who is, uh, you know, pretty much never coached outside of maybe some one-on-one sessions, uh, is a lot to learn about systems and things like that. But um, as you also mentioned, biographies of people in sport and people outside of sport. Uh, there's so many different takeaways, and sometimes this involves the game, but a lot of times it's just takeaways in life. So uh, great to hear those resources that uh, you listed it, and a lot of listeners are always interested in in looking at what people learn from. So interesting to hear uh, what some of your favorites. So yeah. reviewing your career as a whole, uh, mentors and lessons go hand in hand, and. I ask this question to everybody on the podcast. I know you've mentioned a few different people who have helped you, but uh, maybe once again, just list the people who have played key parts in seeing you progress in hockey. And then what are some of the lessons that they taught you through those interactions? Yeah. You know what? There's a lot. There's so many, um, you know, as I said, like Paul Titanic gave me my break. He's the guy who said, yeah, come on board. And, you know, as I said, I was the fourth assistant coach and, and I was, but I was just at that point, I was just taking in all the information. And then, so I, I mean, he, he's, he became a resource even after he, he, he kind of retired from coaching, you know, at the university level and, you know, we'd, we'd see each other, talk to each other. And, um, you know, there, there's, and then Darren Lowe, who I worked with as an assistant coach, as I said, and then, uh, you know, and he was a head coach and, you know, he, he kind of brought an experience that, cause he played pro hockey and played a little bit in the NHL and played on the Olympic team for Canada so he brought this playing experience to his coaching and he was a teacher as well. So he, like, I just kind of aspired to kind of be kind of like him in terms of being able to marry the two together. Um, and then, you know, when I went into teaching, you know, especially at St. Mike's, we had a lot of teachers at the school who were hockey people um, and whether they played and then were just became, you know, and became teachers or just, you know, and were coaches. And then, just other coaches at the school, other sports, again, just, it was about leadership. And, and so I, we, it was almost like a daily think tank in our staff room and, and it became, you know, trading of ideas and, you know, and, and it was more again, leadership stuff. And then it got into some, some stuff where we got into systems and, you know, what would you do here? What would you do there? So it really became like, almost like a daily thing there where you're, I was surrounded you know, for seven years in, in that environment of, of being able to be with like-minded coaches slash leaders, uh, regardless of sport. So um, there's too many to mention there because there's so many guys and, and, and that, that I just, you know, hung out with and, you know, just enjoyed being around and, and throwing ideas around. So when I got to the OHL, it was great because, you know, certainly um, even like within the OHL, the other coaches were, were you know, I had a, a friend like Steve Spott, who's assistant coach with Las Vegas, you know, Steve was in Kitchener at the time. He was Pete DeBoer's assistant for a long time in Kitchener, but Steve and I grew up together playing hockey and soccer together. You know, talk about relationships. Um, so, you know, I mean, Steve had had, 
had previous, you know, I'd been in the OHL for a long time prior to me, me going to the OHL. So I, I kind of bend his ear a lot and he was really gracious with helping me out and, and whatnot. Dave Cameron, who, who was at the time when I was coaching the St. Michael's buzzers, he was the coach of the St. Michael's majors. So when I went to Oshawa, he still stayed in St. Mike's. I, I learned so much from Dave Cameron. Um, you know, he's coaching in Europe now and, you know, he'd gone on to the NHL, but um, so Dave was a good resource for me, a good mentor. And I, like I said, I, I learned a ton from him, but then, you know, like I said, then all of a sudden I learned, you know, coach with Bob Bugner and Bob came off of two Memorial cup championships, two CHL coach of the year. And like, but just an open book about things. So we just talked and so had opportunities to, you know, forge those relationships. And through that, you know, you, you, you meet so many different people. So, um, there's so many to learn to, to mention. And, you know, and then when I went to, you know, scouting with Pittsburgh, it was, it was Randy Sexton. It was Jay Heinbuck. It was, you know, it was, it was so, it was so Andre Savard, uh, you know, like so many great hockey people that have had, you know, a lifetime in the NHL that you just kind of like, you, you sit in awe of these guys and uh, you know, and now you're working with them and, and they're, they're kind of asking your advice. So it's just kind of a full circle piece. So, so there's so many people, but um, it, it's been great. Yeah, uh, the hockey community uh, gives back uh, in so many ways. And, uh, you know, I, to be honest with you, I knew almost every name you just mentioned uh, outside of the ones that we talked about earlier. So uh, it really is a, a small world in a sense. But uh, when you have those people who are willing to give a chance and, and listen to your ideas and give their feedback, uh, it only helps everybody in the end, especially, you know, in those scouting meetings and things like that. So, well, what's the, the old saying, a high tide rises all the ships, right? Yeah. So I just think that's when, again, when people are willing to, to, to give, it's just, it, it helps everybody. So that, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. The game is, is really great like that. So as a final question, if you could go back to yourself, uh, maybe going into school for the first time or someone in a similar situation, who's one day hoping to get into hockey and hockey operations, uh, what's one final piece of advice that you would give them in hopes that they succeed? Have a passion for whatever you do. Um, and no job is ever too small if you have that passion because you'll be able to, to, to find your success, whatever that, however you want to define it within the game. Um, and I just think that's, uh, if you were to talk to, I'm sure a lot of people, they probably say the same thing. It's just, you know what, you're willing to do anything and everything because you have that passion and let that be your driver. Not, not saying that you need to be this at age at certain ages or whatever, because sometimes, sometimes life throws curveballs, and, you know, you got to be prepared to deal with that. But if you have a passion and it drives you, you know, that's, that's the beauty of it. And you love the game, you know, you know, no job is too small for you. So I think that's the biggest piece. Yeah. Drive with passion and fuel with hard work. A great way to end off the interview. Chris, I just want to thank yeah. you for taking some time today to join me on the podcast and I wish you all the best moving forward. Ryan, thank you for having me and certainly appreciate you. Again, you having me, I appreciate you doing this podcast and it's great for me to be able to talk about the great game of hockey anytime. So thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Take care. You too. Thank you. I'd like to thank Chris for coming on the podcast and talking about his career and the game of hockey. As I mentioned before, he has a lot of experience and was able to draw on his major learning points in each and every one. So again, I'd like to thank him for coming on and sharing. If you would like to get in touch with Chris to discuss his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly or contact HockeyMindsPodcast at Outlook.com and I can help make that connection for you. Next on the podcast, I'll be joined by Dr. Cassidy Preston, 
high-performance coach with consistent elite performance. Cassidy offers a great interview which dives deep into the areas of mental performance and his impact on the game of hockey. Having played himself and with experienced coaching, he does a tremendous job of breaking the information down for the common fan and player, so you won't want to miss out on this one. Once again, I'd like to thank everyone for the support of the podcast and let us know your thoughts and opinions by liking, sharing, and interacting with the podcast on social media. As always, stay safe and all the best.